Hi, and welcome to the Rostrum Agency Managing Reputational Risk podcast with me, Grant Bather. In this series of podcasts, I'll be discussing crisis and reputation management from a public relations and media perspective. I'll take a look at the definition of a crisis, what it feels like to be engulfed in a media storm, the role of a crisis communications team, and what steps businesses and individuals can take to minimise media exposure around reputational risk. Each episode, I'll be joined by guests who will give their unique insight into managing reputational risk. And of course, I'll give my take from a PR perspective. Having started my career as a journalist before becoming a company spokesperson and PR professional, I've seen all angles of a crisis. So join me and my guests as we delve into the issues that play into managing reputational risk. I'm delighted to be joined by Nick Seymour, Editorial Director at Rostrum. Nick leads our editorial team, overseeing content projects and working together with Rostrum's team of freelance writers. Nick also leads our growing internal communications function, helping clients to manage employee comms from the day-to-day through to change communications around mergers and much more. So Nick, the question I ask every guest is, how do you define a crisis? So probably define it as really any issue that has the potential to do serious reputational harm to a business. So Obviously, that encompasses a whole host of different things, but you know you can have anything from a cyber attack that exposes customer employee data to accusations of misconduct against a CEO. That's something that's in the press at the moment, or an IT failure. But yeah, it's really, in my mind, it's kind of anything that has that potential just to, to really damage a business's reputation and ultimately that could, in future, as a result, impact their, their bottom line. Uh, you you highlighted a really interesting point there, something that's in the news a lot at the moment around crisis and negative reputation events taking place as a result of the actions of someone internally, uh, the, the chief executive or someone high up. How important in those instances is the internal comms function? So I think it's it's really critical. I think one of the things, you know, businesses often do when they look at their strategic approach to reputational management is that they always consider the external audience more than anything. And that that's really, really important. Um, but I think businesses do often forget to talk to their staff as well. And and really, at the end of the day, you know, the team is is the first audience in any organization. It's, it's you know, obviously customers matter massively, but your employees also matter hugely as well. So I think, you know, businesses really need to consider what they are saying to their staff they can't just rely on you know external communications and hoping that their team members will pick up what's going on in the media so they really really need to be communicating messages on the front foot to to their team i think with this particular issue that we're discussing it's obviously a very challenging situation but you know i think there needs to be particularly when the ceo is involved as well but i think there needs to be kind of you know the internal comms team needs to be on the front foot and tackling these issues with the team, basically, and kind of having a, obviously, I think it requires having a bit of a plan, but, you know, something like this is quite difficult to plan for in advance. But I, yeah, I, I think more than anything, you just need to be on the front foot and to make sure that you are communicating with your team as to what steps the business is taking, making sure that you are showing them that you're taking this issue seriously at the end of the day, this you know these are this is people's livelihoods we're talking about here. So, a crisis, a negative reputational event, there's a possibility that ultimately could impact a business, business's profitability, if people start, decide to turn away from that business, 
So I think that, yeah, they, they, they need to be on the front foot. They need to be telling employees about what's going on and, and obviously be proactive in, in telling them about what specific steps the business is taking to, to address these issues. Yeah, you've made some really interesting points there. And I'm going to break it down into, into a couple of, of points and, and questions for you. You mentioned about staff being a key stakeholder. And there are various examples of staff finding out through the press, which is never a good thing. As I tell all the, the rostrum clients that we support, it's important to have an aligned strategy. So the internal comms works with the external comms, but you make sure that your staff are informed. It may be that you inform the media very soon after, but your staff are your number one stakeholders. They represent your organization. Your staff are your spokespeople. If you like it or not, they like they represent your company and what they say can get out there. So it's really important that you take the time as an organization to understand their needs and requirements and make sure they're they're updated. What on that, and a very long-winded question, but on that step, what can organizations do during business as usual to make sure that their staff feel included and have someone and somewhere to go to? Yeah, so I think with anything when it comes to communications, my kind of view is plan, plan and plan again. I don't think, you know, teams can plan enough when it comes to, to comms, both external and internal. But I think it often helps having an, a really established internal communications function. Surprisingly, there are still lots of businesses out there that don't, they kind of see this as sort of the, the you know, kind of less important part of the communication strategy, but actually it's really critical. And just making sure you have a, a kind of a designated team or individual who handles internal internal comms is a, is a really critical first step. So people know where to turn, when a crisis happens, who is handling that side of the communications. But I think having that kind of existing function, that kind of regular activity going on means you know which channels to use that are most effective. So if you're using, you know, a specific channel in your, in your business as usual internal communications, maybe it's, you know, social media and intranet you know which channel works best and which reaches the most kind of the you know the most number of staff that said you know not everyone is the same so lots of team members will use lots of different channels and i think that's one of the things that internal comms teams need to get their heads around often is is identifying what channels work best with which audiences so so having that kind of established comms function internally you'll already have that understanding of which channels are the best to use and where you can get your message out effectively so I think that's really, really critical. I think that's, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Making sure that there are no surprises in a crisis and that, you know, they are, the staff are being shown familiar channels yeah. or at least during business as usual are told what channels will be used in a crisis. You know, as we know, you know there's nearly 70% of organisations have experienced a crisis in the past five years, which suggests that, there's going to be more crisis and reputation events. You turn, watch the news every day, and there is a business, a government mm. in some form of crisis or experiencing a negative reputational issue. So those internal stakeholders, your your staff, need to know where to look in a crisis and where to turn to. So if it is, for example, you know, you'd, you'd send a, a quarterly reminder maybe to the staff saying, in a crisis, these are the steps to take. These are the channels we'll, we will be using. We won't be using them in day-to-day, in -day, yeah. but this is where to turn to. So it's, it's getting everything ready for exactly. if the crisis does hit. Exactly. And I, 
think there's an ex- there's always an external lens on internal communications in the sense that you know you also need to know what your strategy is for example for, for social media if something were to happen I think we all remember a few years ago that case I think it was with HMV where one of the staff members started tweeting about the business so I think in most cases that that's a kind of a unique situation it's, it's unlikely to, ha- to happen but I think you know you need to have that strategy in place as to what do you do with your social communications from an internal perspective who is handling it does that person who needs to kind of have oversight of, of what is going out all those things really need to be considered so I think there's you know while there's that kind of the, ex- the internal comms is the, the kind of the internal lens on the external stuff that you need to consider. There's also an external lens on the internal comms you need to think about as well. I guess it comes down to nervousness. A, a lot of organisations don't want to think about these things until it's potentially too late. You yeah. extolled the virtues of planning, planning and planning, planning and I couldn't agree more. The more that an organisation has prepared in advance, both for the external and internal audience, the better managed the reputation event will be because everyone has an agreed set of guidelines of principles of collateral that's pretty much ready to go obviously it will need tailoring to the specific situations but I would suggest that most firms should have a template you know this is what we do in a data breach incident in a cyber security incident because the instances of those are are only going to increase so it's all about that planning but to my point is a lot of nervousness and organizations maybe don't want to to think about things like that i think today i mean in this the economic environment we find ourselves in at the moment as well there's the other kind of crisis that that you know many firms will need to be considering is the sad fact that some businesses will be making cuts there will be job losses and obviously this is again an area where internal comms is is really really crucial because you know, there are things like that, you know, you have the situation situation where the rumor mill starts and people start questioning whether they're going to lose their job. And, you know, as I say, there will be instances, sadly, where that does happen, but it's really critical to kind of control that message, make sure what is going out to the team is, you know, is not totally different from what you're saying externally as well, but also just treat, you know, treating employees with respect and making sure that they are aware of the situation. And again, what steps the business is, is taking to of address that particular issue and can you give some specifics around the kind of collateral and conversations you're having with with clients around the internal collateral and communications they should be preparing yeah so i think again as i mentioned it's you know it, it's very much a case of identifying what channel works best for your organization and, and what individuals within that organization you know internal and internal comms we always talk about kind of carving up different kind of groups of of employees and you know we will identify different segments so, you know, you will have employees for whom you know, the internet or social media might be the best channel, but you will also have individuals who will still prefer email. There, In some organizations, there will be people who also still prefer, you know, leaflets and, and kind of physical hard copies of things. And they all still have a role to play. And um, that's something I'm seeing across the board is that it's it's today, it's not just you know, social media, internal social media, Yammer, all those kind of things. It's not those kind, just those kind of tools. They're really important and they are playing an increasing role, but it's a mix of everything. And it really, really depends on your organization and, and, the, and the people that work in your organization and what works best for them. And what we've seen and, and something that you know, I've been working hard on at Rostrum is those, those internal podcasts. You know, podcasts are growing in popularity you know there are millions of podcasts out there but specific podcasts for specific audiences that are set to private 
are really important, especially in a crisis. If you need to get an alert out to your team or you want to provide an update to your team, podcasts are a great way to do that. It's five minutes with the CEO. This is what's going on. And they don't need to be every day, but if it's an ongoing situation, maybe it's twice a week or whatever it is, it's just with those podcasts, it's making people aware that is another channel where you can hear from the senior leaders. But to, to your point, it's making sure that the messaging is aligned. Every piece of internal collateral has the possibility of being externalized. So making sure that the the message is appropriate for all audiences. If, for example, if you're making I don't know, 50, 100 people redundant, but you tell the press nothing to see here, well, yeah. chances are they're going to see that internal note and uh, and come back. Yeah. So it's about having that uh, that conversation. On that note, for those organisations that do have an internal comms team or, or function, how ingrained should they be with the external comms function? I think I think it's really important that they work very closely together. As I say that, you know, it's it's vital, I think, that when you're talking to an internal audience, you are the messages reflect what you are saying externally and vice versa. It never works, as you as you mentioned, when when a completely different message is going out to an external audience, because that message, in all honesty, could leak. So I think making sure that both teams are working together closely, they have a consistent kind of key message that they're trying to get across to their audiences is is really, really critical. So, you know, I, I often see these you know, there are occasions where we have someone who works across internal comms and internal comms. And very often that really helps with that kind of consistency of message. Now, obviously, that's a, that's a big brief for someone to, for one individual to hold. But I think in those instances, that person really gets to know the messages really well. And those messages are consistent throughout the business. Um, so there's no kind of discrepancy. But uh, yeah, I think really it needs to be, in my view, one team that that works closely together and yes you may have someone who's responsible for internal comms within that team but they are constantly on a daily basis communicating with those doing the pr doing the marketing and all that that kind of other external external elements which showcases the benefit of using an agency like rostrum for the internal comms function give it that extra insight bringing that outside knowledge in kind of funnel it into that organization that's requested it yeah absolutely i think you know you you can never underestimate the value of an external view. You know, in a lot of companies, you get to a point where you almost have this kind of group think. You you kind of you become so ingrained in the business, and you you know you're you're so knowledgeable about you know what the business is doing. Very often, what you're saying might not be understood. So it's something we see a lot in PR, right? We see you know messages going out from businesses talking about a particular product, about a solution, about something they're launching, and Sometimes it's written in a way that's quite hard to understand. It's written in jargon because people within that business, they understand the proposition so well and so closely that they kind of know like the back of their hand and they expect other people to have the same level of knowledge when they don't. I think it's the same situation, you know, when it comes to kind of internal comms as well. But yeah, you're right. Having that kind of external view is really important. Having someone that can come in and actually look at content and look at what's being produced and what's being done and say, well, actually, you know, this works great. This is brilliant. But actually, maybe we can tweak this element a little bit more and take this approach slightly. And maybe this message can be a little bit different. So, yeah, that external view is is really critical. And on the internal comms function, in your mind, should they be responsible for like the, the policy and the strategy documents as well? 
I think they they have a, certainly have a role to play in that. I mean, obviously, you'll bring in teams like HR for things like that as well. They obviously have a really critical role to play in. And in, in a lot of businesses, there is a lot of crossover between HR and internal communications. And one of the clients we work with at Rostrum, that you know, that's the case as well. They're a retail business, and you know, there is there is a bit of crossover between HR and internal comms. There might be that the HR team takes a majority of that, but I think there should always be an internal comms view on those kind of documents to make sure that they can fit in with the narrative. So Nick, I wanted to turn back to examples that are currently in the the news agenda around CEO misconduct Mm -hmm. and touching on a point we made around nervousness. It's quite hard for an organisation to think and to plan for CEO misconduct, but Mm -hmm is becoming increasingly common. How would you start those conversations coming in as the external support saying, no, this is a this is a touchy subject, but yeah, it's something you need to be conscious of. Yes, I think you know you've got to approach this like like any other crisis, right? It's there are there are so many issues that can affect a business. And I think it's it's really hard to kind of predict although there will be crises that are quite easy to predict with a business. You know, for example, if you work are a business now, you know, having gone through COVID with a just-in-time kind of supply chain strategy, you now know one of the things that you must absolutely prepare for from a crisis management perspective is a disrupt, you know, disruption to your supply chain. But there will always be crises that you're not sure are going to happen. No one knows what's going on, you know, if if something ulterior is going on in a business with the CEO. But I think, you know, the as you say, these issues are becoming more and more common and you know, quite rightly, they're coming to light with things like Me Too. So I think, you know, every business now needs to consider what they would do in that sort of situation. So I think it's demonstrating what is going on from an external perspective with these kind of, you know, the rise of Me Too and all these kind of things. And then just outlining really that taking, I guess, more of a a general approach, there is a lens you can, when when you're building a crisis communication strategy, right, you can build a general plan, which then is tweaked according to the issues. And I think it's having that general strategy is really important that you could you know who to turn to when something goes wrong, you know, who is going to be the person signing off messages. And that doesn't always have to be the CEO, it can be someone else. And, you know, there will be times when, you know, it might not be the CEO has been accused of something, but the CEO has been involved in an accident or something. So you need to have someone who is your kind of second in command and your third in command. And if something happens to people, who do you turn to within the business to kind of get the message out and make sure that you are addressing or you're responding to a potential crisis? So I think involving things like the board, for example, you know, the board isn't just one person. It's very often made up of many different people, making sure that they are closely involved in the communication strategy, I think is, is really critical. So having some sort of plan built around that is really important but but yeah i think from a you know it's having that kind of understanding from a general perspective of who to turn to who's signing off messages and i think that really should give you the firm foundations to address an issue like this that you might not want to kind of raise specifically in your in your first kind of briefing or kickoff meeting absolutely yeah and, and on about the board what we do with the crisis communications plan templates as you said they they are bespoke to each client but there are some general things you should include one of the things that we suggest is that there is a front page saying regardless of the crisis this plan is approved in the form that is in now as a template you know amends will be made but 
for our organization but a proactive approach to reputation management we as a board agree with this strategy and it's just that front page so that everyone in the organization is knows exactly how important the the reputation management of the organization is and then you've got those other bits and pieces media logs boilerplates uh, draft statements that are updated and and to your point around the different people that need to be involved if it's data breach or a cyber security incident then of course it would likely be the chief technology officer and their team that are responsible for some of the collateral whereas if it's a, a raft of redundancies then the hr function would take the lead and the cto would be less involved but having that broad scope of available people yeah. within the within the plan is is really important okay. and um so going on to the specifics of what rostrum offers clients on the internal comms uh, space do you want to kind of provide me with a bit of a list of, of the, the kind of things we offer our clients yeah, so I mean, we're quite sort of versatile here at Rostrum for our internal comms function. We worked with lots of different companies on internal comms. And, you know, we can do anything from your kind of BAU, business as usual, internal communications that in this day and age with remote working is really, really critical. So we understand, you know, the importance of going into a business, looking at, you know, their different employee groups, segmenting those employees and understanding what channels work best, and then building out a communication strategy based on, on those different groups understanding which channels are going to reach them most easily and in the most effective way and then producing you know content that's you know, building on that strategy and producing the content that's past that strategy to reach teams and ultimately kind of build that sort of culture and, and brand image internally so we do anything from you know developing kind of email, internal email newsletters through to you know videos of the ceo podcasts of the ceo as you mentioned earlier and then obviously we can do the the more sort of challenging in terms of crisis stuff and so that the reputational management how to tackle internal comms during a crisis what things businesses need to consider and equally you know change management as well there's a lot of businesses that go through things like mergers and acquisitions and internal comms is really critical at that stage as well it's not just about you know negative reputational event but it's about working out internal comms in case of a negative reputational event so we do everything from kind of looking at what the plan is around that, for example, merger, what comms should be going out to employees, what information we can tell them at what stage, and what the best kind of channel, again, is to, to tell employees about what's going on in the business. So, for example, you know, if there are redundancies being made, one of the things I often think is really important is is it's it's best to have a face-to-face -face meeting. We've all seen the situations with the likes of P&O where, you know, there's been a really horrible situation where they've told the team about job losses over zoom um, and i think you know in those situations you need someone in you know in a room doing a kind of town hall session and really sitting down and telling people and being honest with them so we can do anything from that kind of planning to actually the creation of those different pieces of of, of content or copy or whatever it is that we do to, to reach those teams and is it just the the words or or the pictures and the design as well so we do both they will be my side it will be the copy it will be the words so we'll kind of take, you know, we'll, we can help teams to develop a key messaging document if that's something they don't have. If they do have, we can take those key messages and build out content from that. And, and then we also have our, our fabulous studio that can do design elements as well. So they can help to make messages look uh, absolutely amazing, you know, do things like infographics, videos in terms of kind of putting graphics on videos and, and um, 
also do things like creating uh, things out kind of documents out of what we call shorthand as well which might sometimes not you know from maybe wouldn't have a role from a, a crisis or a change management perspective but from a BAU perspective in internal comms you know things like shorthand interactive platforms like flourish be a really actually a nice way to talk to your team about what's going on in the business as we we've, we've discussed internal comms plays a really really important role both in business as usual and definitely in a crisis so it's, it's all about that planning and preparation and to end the podcast it's the question that i end every podcast with, with is what steps can organizations or individuals take to mitigate and minimize their exposure to these negative reputation events from an internal comms perspective i really think it comes down to two simple things and number one is is treat your employees with respect you know remember this is their livelihood they'll want to know exactly what steps the business is taking to address a potential challenge and mitigate the impact of a crisis so really be on the front foot with messaging and make sure you're telling your staff what you're doing specifically and the next thing is as we discussed don't tell them something different to what you're telling your external audience whether that's your you know if you're telling your external audience more than you're telling in your internal audience you're obviously doing something very wrong but even vice versa you know if you're telling your internal audience more than you're telling your external audience there's the potential for that message to leak and that can create a whole host of problems. So, so really for me, it's those, those kind of two things that are, that are super critical when it comes to managing a crisis, particularly from an internal communications perspective. Fantastic. And then obviously the, the oversight that that external provider can, even if it's just a looking back over their messaging and, and suggesting things, but it may, for some organizations, it may be the beginning to end the strategy through to implementation for others. It just could be a, review and edit but making sure that internal comms function is is not forgotten in business usual or as you said in in crisis where um, many organizations think this is going to hit the press how do we engage with that audience and forget about or put to the further down the list than they should be their their staff and internal stakeholders well nick this has been a fantastic conversation so thank you very much for your time thank you This is a Rostrum Agency production, produced, mixed, and edited by Rostrum. Rostrum is a full-service communications agency offering PR, content and influencer marketing, social media, training, design, and much more. Rostrum is among the UK's top five B2B agencies and a PR Week top 100 agency, specializing in financial services, professional services, consumer and corporate campaigns, as well as crisis management, content marketing, and social media. Rostrum creates campaigns and content to help clients punch above their weight. Rostrum measures everything it does, delivering exceptional value for clients' budgets. To find out more, search rostrum.agency.